is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Did you listen to the two minutes of the audio tape that was leaked by the Biden regime to CNN America? Did you listen to it? Oh, yeah. It's all over the media, you know. It's all over the media. And the legal analysts and the hosts and the rest, they want to know, how does Trump get out of this? How does Trump get out of this? Where are the 17 audio tapes involving the Bidens and the bribery for $10 million from the communist Chinese? Who's president today? Joe Biden? He's the one that has power today. He's the one destroying the country. Does anybody care about those things? Where are they? How come CNN never gets a copy of that stuff? But notice the media could give a damn about civil liberties, due process, poisoned juries, misconduct by the Department of Justice, by the rogue federal prosecutor. Notice they don't give a damn. about individual rights and the Bill of Rights. Civil liberties apply to everybody. And so this morning I got up early and I posted the following, which has made the rounds. While beating their chests about the horrors of Trump holding classified information, The fact is that the corrupt Biden DOJ, sleazy Jack Smith's office, the usual corrupt media lapdogs have publicly identified, characterized, and even released whatever classified information is known to the public. Everything we've learned about this is from the leaks, America. Not from Trump. From the leaks. By the government. From the filings. By the government. So here we have another leak. 
In this, they've committed scores of felonies, interfered in a presidential election, and have pushed the nation to the brink of some kind of civil war, while smearing and denouncing Trump and his supporters. Trump hasn't leaked anything to the public. They have. After 50 years in Washington, Biden owns the federal bureaucracy. The thoroughly corrupt Biden family and Biden regime use the power of federal law enforcement against their political opponents. The so-called MAGA extremists, pro-lifers, parents, all white supremacists, don't you know, whatever that means. While the same investigators and prosecutors pull all punches, lie, censor, cover up, dismiss, play down all the publicly known evidence. Thank you, FBI and IRS whistleblowers, Kevin McCarthy, Jim Jordan and James Comer of millions and millions of dollars in farm payoffs, bribes, influence peddling, money laundering and other sleazy Biden financial schemes especially involving selling out to our biggest threat, communist China. We have a Manjurian president. The whistleblowers have testified about obstruction, political interference, multiple underlying crimes. They've been ignored by the corrupt media, personally attacked by the power-hungry Democrat Party, and punished by the Biden regime. Attorney General Garland, corrupt to the core like most mob lawyers, has been caught perjuring himself before Congress and obstructing justice by claiming to not have interfered in the Hunter Biden investigation. When IRS whistleblowers say the prosecutor told them, that's David Weiss, that he did. Even though Weiss is trying to reverse course. Problem is, they've numerous witnesses and contemporaneous notes to back them up. Garland has approved every sleazy investigative and prosecutorial tactic against Trump and MAGA Republicans while trying to create a public image of the earnest judge. He's a dangerous man with Stalinist characteristics. Garland has stonewalled appointing a special counsel to investigate his boss, Joe Biden, because he wants to smother with a political pillow Biden's multiple criminal activities that even involve our national security. He's the man in charge of the Biden cover-up and the Trump imprisonment effort. Garland appointed and unleashed the disgraced Jack, Jack Smith, known for Gestapo-like tactics to pursue Biden's political targets, especially so-called MAGA Republicans, and his biggest threat and nemesis, Donald Trump. Smith was publicly admonished in an 8-0 Supreme Court decision. 8-0 for his abuse of power in a phony public corruption case brought against a former Republican governor. Garland saw that as a compelling credential. And of all the lawyers he could have chosen, he picked this one. Because he knew he will do the work of the mob. Garland, Biden, his operatives, the hopelessly corrupt media. The Democrat Party are destroying our country right before our eyes. This latest prosecutorial leak of an audio clip to CNN is further intended to poison a jury pool and deny the former president due process as he was denied attorney-client privilege and the usual administrative processes afforded former presidents when leaving office. To be clear, 
We know nothing about the context of the audio. Nothing. We are fed exactly two minutes via CNN, a favorite state-run media outlet. We know no more or no less than they tell us to know. And the multiple felonies committed by this regime in leaking the tape will be completely ignored. Felonies committed in pursuit of Trump are no longer felonies. The justice system is dead. Democrat Party owns the federal government. That's what I posted. (coughs) Have you heard a single broadcast network, any, raise these concerns? Not one. A single host, not one. A single legal analyst, not one. The government commits felony after felony after felony. Leak after leak after leak after leak. About classified material, they violate the Espionage Act. But it doesn't matter. It's of no consequence. I see this piece about Netanyahu. It's funny, in a sick way, how the Marxist left is the same whether it's in America Israel or anywhere else by the great Caroline Glick on GNS, excuse me, JNS on Thursday night with sunken faces. Channel 13's legal correspondents delivered the news. The judges presiding over Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's trial for bribery and breach of trust had told the prosecutors and defense attorney last week that the prosecutors have not proven their charge of bribery and are unlikely to succeed in doing so since all their major witnesses have already testified. The implications are earth-shattering. For the past seven years, two forces, the state prosecution and the media, get my drift? The state prosecution and the media have pushed Israel to the brink of civil war in their effort to criminalize Netanyahu and demonize his supporters. It's the same Marxist tactic. Their goal was never hidden. They seek to oust Netanyahu from public life and disenfranchise his voters by disqualifying and demonizing their elected leader. When I read this later today, I said, is this not as close to what I posted as possible? I'm, I'm not making an allegation. I'm saying here, look at the overlap here. Beginning in 2016, because she's right on, through criminal leaks to reporters from every major newspaper, radio station, and television channel, State prosecutors, police investigators, journalists and editors invented and shaped a narrative of criminality surrounding Netanyahu and sold it to the public on a daily basis. Netanyahu, they said, undermined Israel's economy, national security, moral fiber to satisfy his decadent tastes, enrich his cronies and further his obsessive compulsive quest for positive media coverage from the same media that hates him. With its unqualified commitment to Netanyahu's downfall, The media justified every means the prosecution employed against him. Shame on America's media. Again, participating in these diabolical Stalin-like practices where you are fed audio, fed information by the damn government to try and take out Trump. Same damn thing in Israel. 
the reporters and editors who proudly proclaim themselves champions of civil rights and the rule of law look the other way or justified repeated crimes committed by prosecutors and police investigators in order to get Netanyahu. And she goes on in a fantastic piece. In fact, I can't cut it there. It's too important. Consider just a few of those crimes, which while exposed and full on the witness stand, were widely known in real time. Rather than report them critically or even dispassionately, the media justified or ignored them and attacked as unprofessional and corrupt the few writers and reporters who were willing to expose them. To compel Netanyahu's closest associates to incriminate him, the prosecution and police extorted, tortured, and humiliated him. Two of Netanyahu's chiefs of staff, David Sharon and Ari Haro, former director general of the Ministry of Communication, Shlomo Filber and Netanyahu's former spokesman, Nir Hevetz, were subjected to physical and psychological torture and extortion at the hands of police investigators, closely guided by prosecutors. They were locked up and denied food and medical treatment. The police ruined Hevetz and Harrow's marriages. Police carted Sharon's elderly mother into an investigation cell in front of him to try and break him. These men who committed no crimes were subjected to prolonged incarceration and denied sleep. Evets was jailed in a flea-ridden cell and denied minimal medical care. All the witnesses were subjected to prolonged public humiliation. The police opened a scurrilous criminal probe against Haro and staged a dramatic arrest, taking him into custody as he landed at the airport as if he were a drug kingpin. Remember Peter Navarro, Mr. and Mrs. America? Remember that? When they arrested the man in an airport? They opened up another open-ended scurrilous investigation against Filbert's son. Harrow and Sharon's bank accounts were frozen. Their wives found themselves unable to even buy food at the supermarket. All to take down Netanyahu. Just like in America. Whatever they can do to take down Trump. And the media are in on all of it. Multiple other prosecution witnesses were subjected to similar treatment in the state prosecution's campaign to use the criminal probe to intimidate and terrorize Netanyahu and coerce him into stepping down. Sound familiar, America? To demonize and criminalize the sitting prime minister and his associates. Prosecutors and police investigators engaged in widespread criminal use of cyber warfare tools developed to fight Israel's enemies, Netanyahu's, Closest aides and apparently his children and wife were subjected to illegal monitoring of their electronic communications. Wow. At least we can do illegal search warrants, right? And send a SWAT team to the former president's home. One of the breach of trust charges against Netanyahu allegedly originated in the police's illegal use of such spyware tool against Ari Haro. Again, most of the details of this prosecutorial misconduct an apparent outright criminality on the part of investigators and prosecutors was known sometimes as it was happening. The vast majority of reporters and editors in every medium supported these actions, just like they support the leak of that audio yesterday that they're slobbering all over. Fools at Mediate, fools all over our web pages, everywhere. They don't look as this as totalitarian activity. It's perfectly fine by them. 
Well, one day, that pendulum will swing. You mark my words. And I will continue when I return. Mark Lovin. If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example, average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year, according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. But here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now, what does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals at 8774-GOLD-IRA. That's 8774-GOLD-IRA. 8774-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Stick with me, folks. It's another important show where I try and pull all these things together. The Constitution of the United States. The Marxist left, that would be the Democrats and their media... They love to wave it around when they can use it to help them and to go after their enemies. On the other hand, they condemn the Constitution in every other way as being a document of white slave owners and so forth. So those are their pathologies and those are their mental issues. The problem is common sense, logic don't matter. There was a ruling today or an opinion issued today in Moore versus Harper that's one of the most disgusting opinions I've read yet. Yeah. A six to three majority. That means three of the Republicans went with the three radical Democrats. It's an opinion written by John Roberts, the Chief Justice, who has made it abundantly clear now that he is a worthless fraud and phony. He has surrendered all his principles. Kavanaugh, who I warned you was no conservative, is proving it every day. And Barrett, obviously, is under the spell of Roberts. And she's become a complete disaster. More when I return. If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example, average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year, according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. But here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now what does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals. At 8774-GOLD-IRA, that's 8774-GOLD-IRA, 8774-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Mark Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. 
Little tidbits here and there from my new book, The Democrat Party Hates the Constitution because it's relevant through and through. So before we get into this specific, truly imbecilic decision involving North Carolina, I want to lay the foundation. Those three justices, Roberts, Kavanaugh, and Barnett are being praised on MSNBC slobbering praise and so forth. And this is what the radical left media know to do. John Roberts covets positive, slobbering media attention. I believe Barrett has been taken under his wing and he's mentoring her and she desperately seeks that kind of attention too, as does Kavanaugh after what they did to him. The three stalwarts are Alito, Thomas, and Gorsuch. That's it. There are no others. Now, as you know, the Democrat Party hates the Constitution as they hate America, as they hate you. They hate the founding. They hate the framers. An entire chapter on the Constitution called War on the Constitution. It's chapter 7. I looked with notes and all. This book is actually over 350 pages, but don't let that scare you. It's low. I'm very excited about this book. Now, I have to tell you, pre-orders on Amazon are significantly behind the pre-orders for American Marxism, which does concern me. I'm, I'm wondering why. But this is a crucially important message for you. This book is written for you. And I start this chapter. The U.S. Constitution is the most remarkable governing document ever written. Creates a functioning federal government, but protects both state and individual liberties at the same time. Uniquely divides the federal government into three co-equal branches with their own responsibilities, and whose members are chosen in fundamentally different ways. It is further designed to protect the people from at least two forms of tyranny, mobocracy and dictatorship. The Constitution is a document that takes into (coughs) takes into consideration the extraordinarily diverse nature of America, from its more densely populated areas to its rural communities, from its more commercial centers to farming areas, from its fisheries to its mining towns, from people of deep faith to people of no faith, from the highly educated to the barely literate, from the rich to the poor, and yes, from white to black people and every other skin color. It is a self-correcting document, allowing for amendments to address imperfections and unforeseen events should a significant portion of the body politic and the public demand them. The Constitution is a truly incredible manifestation of thousands of years of human experience and progress, yet drafted in a period of less than five months. But if your purpose is to fundamentally transform America, then your purpose must also be to destroy constitutional republicanism. Thus, the Constitution must go, either all at once or by parts. And that is exactly what the Democrat Party and its masterminds have in mind. And Biden and his party are endlessly and relentlessly looking for ways to bypass the Constitution's obstacles to centralized power. In the past, the Democrat Party and its academicians insisted that the Constitution actually embodied their ideological agenda and compelled the outcomes they demanded. 
They celebrated the judiciary's abuse of judicial review and promotion of activism. Today, they make open their disdain for the Constitution and no longer seek to disguise their true intentions. For example, radical leftist Ruth Coker, uh, Colker, professor at Moritz College of Law, the Ohio State University, is illustrative of this modern assault on the Constitution itself. Key to this attack is to try to link the Constitution to slavery. She writes in the opening salvo of her essay titled The White Supremacist Constitution. Quote, the United States Constitution is a document that during every era has helped further white supremacy. White supremacy constitutes a political, economic, and cultural system in which whites overwhelmingly control power and material resources. Conscious and unconscious ideas of white superiority and entitlement are widespread, and relations of white dominance and non-white subordination are daily reenacted across a broad array of institutions and social settings. And by the way, this is going on in law schools across America, and this lady is as lily white as they come. Rather than understand the Constitution as a force for progressive structural change, we should understand it as a barrier to change. From its inception, the Constitution enshrined slavery and the degradation of black people by considering them to be property rather than equal members of the community. The Civil War amendments did not truly abolish slavery and only prohibited a limited band of state action. Radical Reconstruction was short-lived as white supremacy quickly eviscerated any political gains that black voters had achieved. The Supreme Court has interpreted the Civil War amendments consistently with their white supremacist roots. Rather than serve as an effective instrument to help eradicate the badges, incidents, and vestiges of slavery, the Constitution has become a tool to both ban voluntary race affirmative measures at the federal, state, and local governmental levels, and also to preclude Congress from enacting strong abolitionist measures. The court has enshrined the views of Andrew Johnson, a fierce proponent of white supremacy, into its structure. Now, there's a guy by the name of Eli Mistel, or Ellie Mistel, I should say, who is a contributor to MSNBC. He's on there all the time. In my view, he's an absolute bigot. And he wrote a book. I had to buy it, and I read it. Allow me to retort a black guy's guide to the Constitution. Again, in my opinion, this is who he is. Like Colker, he declares that the United States is and always has been a corrupt society. The Constitution is nothing but the demands of immoral white people enshrined in a document and imposed on the nation. During his media tour promoting the book, he declared on ABC's The View television show, quote, the Constitution is kind of trash. Let's just talk as adults for a second. He went on, it was written by slavers and colonists and white people who were willing to make deals with slavers and colonists. Uh, colonialists, I should say. They didn't ask anybody who looked like me what they thought about the Constitution. Moreover, this document was written without the consent of black and brown people in this country and without the consent of women in this country. And I say... If that is the starting point, the very least we can do is ignore what those slavers and colonists and misogynists thought and interpret the Constitution in a way that makes sense for our modern world. 
Of course, among the improvements to the Constitution, he says, were it no state's rights when it comes to health care, elections, policing and guns. That's just better, he says. For Mistel, therefore, interpreting so-called the Constitution is simply a practical and cynical way to destroy it for he and his fellow ideologues to impose their will. How do we respond to this? That's why I write books like this. That's why this book is particularly crucial. Now you're going to learn a little bit of information you've never learned before. Certainly not in classrooms or other books. Former law professor Robert Nadelson, who I've met and know in the past, he's a great guy. Now the Independence Institute explains, to begin with, the dominant view among the founders was that slavery was absolutely not fine. The prevailing view was that slavery violated natural law and was doomed to extinction. In fact, by 1787, several states had begun the journey toward abolition. Nor did the Constitution create or mandate slavery or racial discrimination. These were creations of state law, and they varied from state to state. The founders were forced to accept that situation to prevent America from fracturing into a multitude of nations, constantly at war with each other, as in Europe. Also false is the common claim that slaveholders adopted the Constitution. Of the public that ratified it, only a small percentage owned slaves. Perhaps as many slaveholders opposed the Constitution as favored it. And he writes, in at least five states, the ratifying electorate included free African Americans. Did you know that? Apparently Mistel didn't know it. Now you know. Interesting how many of those who insist that quote and misses me, all our history must be taught when promoting the non-historical CRT, refuse to do just that as they relentlessly smear our country. The previously named American Constitution Society, whose president is former Wisconsin Democrat Senator Russ Feingold, have a conference titled Founding Failures, Reckoning with Our Constitution's Generational Impacts on Health and Well-Being. You'll notice this endless attack on the Constitution because of Marxism. That's what they embrace. And I've said a thousand times they cannot coexist. Our Constitution's establishment of a racial caste system, they say, left a legacy that can be seen generations later and its impact on the health and well-being of communities of color exploitative scientific studies and fear of medical care and discriminatorily designed infrastructure and environmental policy have wreaked havoc on the bodies of black, indigenous, and Latinx Americans. And it goes on. As I point out, of course, the party most directly responsible for slavery, segregation, and racism and their perpetuation is the Democrat Party, which the American Marxists are deeply sympathetic to and aligned with as members and advocates. Now, even more. I am scrolling down because I want to make a point. Let's see here, folks. Stick with me. As reported by Alex Taub in the New York Times, they've relied heavily, the, the uh, modern Marxists, on the old-time Marxist Francis Fox Pivens, among others. But the book gets deeply into the history of the country. And for instance, like Nadelson, Professor Nadelson, 
assistant professor at Hillsdale College, Dr. David Azarod, makes a good and succinct defense of the framers of the Constitution. Listen to this. He says, the argument that the Constitution is racist suffers from one fatal flaw. The concept of race does not exist in the Constitution. Nowhere in the Constitution, or in the Declaration of Independence for that matter, are human beings classified according to race, skin color, ethnicity, nor one should add sex, religion, or any other of the less favored groupings. Our founding principles are colorblind, although our history regrettably has not been. But the Constitution speaks of people, citizens, persons, other persons, a euphemism for slaves, and Indians, not taxed, in which case it is their tax-exempt status, not their skin color, that matters. The first references to race and color occur in the 15th Amendment's guarantee of the right to vote, ratified in 1870. He points out further, the infamous three-fifths clause, as I've pointed out here, which more nonsense has been written than any other clause, does not declare that a black person is worth 60% of a white person. It says that for purposes of determining the number of representatives for each state, in the House, and direct taxes, the government would count only three-fifths of the slaves, and not all of them, as the southern states wanted to gain more seats. They insisted on it, but it was rejected. The 60,000 or so free blacks in the North and the South were counted on par with whites. The free blacks. The Constitution defers to the states to determine who shall be eligible to vote under Article 1, Section 2, Clause 1. It is a little-known fact of American history that black citizens were voting in perhaps as many as 10 states, at least five that we know of, but as many as 10 at the time of the founding. The precise number is unclear, but only Georgia, South Carolina, and Virginia explicitly restricted suffrage to whites. He says, because the Constitution does not explicitly recognize slavery and does not therefore admit that slaves were property, all the protections it affords to persons could be applied to slaves. Any one of these provisions in the hands of an abolitionist statesman, any one of them, would make a difference. And you know who underscored that point, Mr. Producer? In a speech in July 5th, 1852, Frederick Douglass, who'd been a slave to escape slavery, was really a genius. And he said the most fantastic things about the Constitution, that if men would only follow it, that's in the book too, but I'm not going to read any more right now. Those of you who have pre-ordered, thank you. Those of you who are thinking about it, may I ask that you go ahead and jump in? Uh, <clears throat> the book isn't going to change between now and when it is released, but I want you to get into the queue to be the first among to receive it. I feel when I write these books that it's, they're very important for helping to coalesce a movement to save the country. Uh, but you're going to learn information in these books to counter the Marxist left, to counter the Democrat Party that you never heard before. And let's do this together. Amazon.com, Books a Million, Barnes & Noble, they all have sites. Let's see if we can push this book finally to number one on Amazon. I'll be right back. Mark in.
If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example, average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year, according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. But here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now, what does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals at 8774-GOLD-IRA. That's 8774-GOLD-IRA. 8774-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. I can guarantee you, guarantee you, that if any information was leaked that was actually fingering Joe Biden or his family, the issue wouldn't be the information that was leaked. The information, the issue would be who leaked it, what are their motives, are they going to be tracked down? I'm quite serious about this. You have none of that today except from me and maybe a few others I haven't heard. No concern about the constitutional violations, whether it's attorney-client privilege, whether it's endless leaking. That's why I have so much respect for Dershowitz. Yes, he's a Democrat, but he's not a Marxist. He's under terrible assault from his own party and his former friends. But he calls him as he sees him. I call him as I see him, too. And I'm not going to stop. That what was done last evening was deplorable. Absolutely outrageous. Otherwise, you cannot have due process in this country when you're trying to poison a jury pool like this. And every media has participated in it. And every media I've watched and heard. Stick with us, America. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, we will take some calls today, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. By the way, I have a treat for you on Hour 3. Trent Staggs. Who's Trent Staggs? He's running against Mitt Romney in the Republican primary. He's the mayor of a town in Utah. I want you to hear from this guy. He's excellent. So he's running against Mitt Romney. Anyone running against Mitt Romney, in fact, not running. If it's an orange juice can, I would vote for an orange juice can over Mitt Romney. I'd write in somebody instead of voting for Mitt Romney. I want to read to you one of the two sections 
in the U.S. Constitution on elections that the court decided on today. And then I want to explain to you how imbecilic and disingenuous this decision was and why this decision came down the way it did. It's really quite simple. The elections clause of the Constitution provides this part of it, quote, the times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. So in the state, the legislature is the beginning and the end. But the Congress may at any time by law make or alter such regulations except as to the places of choosing senators. Now, the word legislature is in there. There's a common understanding of a legislature. It's not complicated. This is one of the clear pieces of text in the Constitution. How else could they have written it? And it was obviously drafted at the Constitutional Convention. It was adopted at the Constitutional Convention. And it was adopted by the ratifying states. But that's not good enough for the U.S. Supreme Court. That's not good enough for governors, for boards of supervisors, boards of elections, state courts, lower federal courts. It's not good enough. That's right. Seems pretty plain to me. But the Democrats, in advance of this decision, have had a full court press, and I mean the Democrats in the media and elsewhere, suggesting that if you rule that the language in the Constitution says what it says, then there must be something wrong with you. This is a unique theory. It's a theory that the state legislatures have the final say, and that there isn't state court review And the U.S. Supreme Court today even expanded it to federal court review. So the state legislature is just a bit player, and it can be overruled by state courts, by federal courts. And you remember all this during the last election, correct? So the Supreme Court just rewrote the Constitution. Remember the first hour where I read at some length? about our Constitution, and that what it takes is virtuous people to embrace it, to follow it, to execute. Well, we lack virtuous people in high positions in America today, busy running around trying to get Trump. That's pretty much all they do these days. Oh, and destroy the country. Before I get into the case, I want you to know that the kooks at MSNBC and Obama, a kook himself, and he spent his career condemning the Constitution and those who drafted it. While they praised Roberts, the chief justice who wrote the majority decision and blew out the text, Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh, who was so beaten down by the left, he's doing everything he can to, to build up his cred, and Barrett, The biggest disappointment of them all, last days of the Trump administration, she is confirmed. She's considered a scholar. It turns out she's just another rhino. 
because she's under the wing of Roberts. And this is, after all, the Roberts court, and he doesn't like all the talk about a right-wing court. This case is imbecilic, the majority decision. It is illogical, completely illogical. On two grounds. Number one, this case was already resolved, even though it went up to the Supreme Court, by the Supreme Court of North Carolina. The petitioners, including the Speaker of the North Carolina House, said that the North Carolina Supreme Court did not have the power to change the district lines that were determined by the Republican state legislature. It didn't have that power. And they cited, among other things, this section of the Constitution. We get to make these decisions. The people who elect us, we get to make these decisions. Well, guess what? In the next election, the subsequent election, the people of North Carolina elected a new Supreme Court, a new Supreme Court of majority, I should say. And that court reversed the prior court and agreed with the Republican speaker. And the case was over. There were no issues for the U.S. Supreme Court. That happens from time to time, you know. But the U.S. Supreme Court didn't drop the case. He wanted to give an opinion. The majority wanted to give an opinion. Even though there was no issue left to adjudicate. The petitioners, as a result of the state election and the new majority on the state Supreme Court, they won. They won their issue. But the U.S. Supreme Court, the majority said, no, we want to take this up. Now, number one, that is outrageous. That means the court wants to play in this field an activist role. It had literally no basis for ruling anything today. Because the people who brought the case, their case was satisfied. It was over. It's moot. But Roberts, the Chief Justice, the three Marxist radicals on the court who always stand together when it comes to a major case. And now the two other rhinos, they wanted to hear the case. They wanted to decide on the case. Now what did they decide? What did they decide? The language seems pretty clear, doesn't it? It's plain English. I mean, if you come from a big-time law school and you've been a judge or you've been... Certainly you know how to read plain English like a few sentences in the Constitution. Let me read them again. The times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof, but the Congress may at any time by law make or alter such regulate. There's another section of the Constitution, too, which we've spent a lot of time on. Again, it emphasizes the role of the state legislature in the choosing of electors. Doesn't say the state, says the state legislature. And yet in other parts of the Constitution, we have a whole Tenth Amendment that talks about the states, not the state legislature. But this had no impact on the six justices. Six to three, the three truly excellent justices, Alito, Thomas, and Gorsuch. Now before I give you the second point, The reason the justices wouldn't drop this case 
particularly the three Republicans, is because they wanted to appeal to the radical left Democrat Party media that's been pounding them lately. They call John Roberts Hollywood John because he reads the news. He's on to the media. It's his court, baby. Kavanaugh, as I said, is trying to remake himself. And Barrett is a lost soul. Who is subjected to the influences of the chief justice. It's a lousy chief justice. Supreme Court ruled this MSNBC. Supreme Court rules against giving state legislatures unchecked control over federal elections. How do you like that sentence? How do you like that title? No, no, we'll give it to the courts. Instead, they'll have unchecked control. The justices rejected the, quote, independent state legislature theory, unquote. So it's a theory. There it is in black and white in the Constitution. But it's a theory, you see, America. Which was cited by Trump supporters during the 2020 election. They mean me. The theory would have restricted the power of state courts to review certain election laws. Exactly. Because the framers didn't say the states. They said the state legislature. Each state by the legislature. Thereof. Not the state thereof. They know how to write the framers. They know how to think these things through. But you see, what happens here is when you abandon the Constitution and the moorings of the Constitution, you can do these sorts of things. So the three Marxists on the court, they held firm. And they were joined by the three rhinos on the court. So there you go. Six to three. I'm afraid this is going to turn into another Berger court, to be perfectly honest with you. Warren Berger. I interned for Warren Berger when I was in law school. I drafted the speeches, most of them. It dealt with the poor quality of of teaching in law schools when it comes to actual litigation. Because he asked me to look into those things, and I certainly enjoyed it, and I certainly did. And he was quite right. But that was a court that was all over the map. Because you had leftists, you had one conservative, and then you had others who were looking for, you know, in each case, looking for a way in, a way out, I don't know. So this is the way NBC News and MSNBC reported. The Supreme Court on Tuesday declined to impose new limits on state courts, reviewing certain election-related issues by ruling against Republicans of North Carolina, fighting for a congressional district map that would heavily favor their candidates. Imagine that. Imagine having a majority party winning elections and deciding what the district should look like. Ladies and gentlemen, that's been going on since day one. Who should decide? Oh, we should have experts in Washington. And what happens? The experts are corrupted, and the next thing you know, the Democrat Party's in charge of it again. In doing so, the court declined to embrace a broad version of a hitherto obscure legal argument called the Independent State Legislature Theory. Now, by the way, this propaganda came out of Ivy League law schools, has been pushed by the media since day one. Which Republicans say limits the authority of state courts to strike down certain election laws enacted by state legislatures. Supporters of former President Donald Trump cited the theory in various cases during the 2020 presidential election and its aftermath. So, of course, they go after Eastman eventually come after me, even though he and I never talked about this as far as I know. 
doesn't matter. This has always been my view. It's not just my view. It's the view of a number of justices in the past, including Rehnquist and so forth. But regardless of precedent and what justices thought and what justices wrote, what does the Constitution say? You have here in the federal Constitution the conference of authority on the state legislatures in federal election matters. There's not a conference on states generally. There is a conference on the state legislatures in plain English under the federal constitution. How then does a state court get to intervene and say, no, the state legislature is wrong? It has no federal constitutional authority to interfere in a federal election matter. It doesn't matter what state courts normally do, Mr. Chief Justice. It doesn't matter if state courts normally have judicial review over state constitutional issues, Mr. Chief Justice. This is a federal constitutional issue, authority granted specifically to the state legislatures. The framers of the Constitution were a hell of a lot smarter than you and those five others you went with you. They knew exactly what they were doing. They wanted the elected body in the state dealing with the elected body at the federal level. Congress. They didn't want all the courts in between to make decisions like this. If they did, they would have said so. They were very reluctant to empower the judiciary. They called it the weakest branch. It's now the most powerful branch, other than the fourth branch, the unconstitutional massive bureaucracy. And this is exactly the point of my book. We're being ruled by rulers. The Democrat Party's all in, but then we have this. They couldn't get what they wanted today without those three Republicans. And they got it. And no matter how much we vet these candidates, no matter their records in lower courts, no matter their records in the bureaucracy, no matter their records, they flip the vast majority of them. And I don't want to hear again from my old friend, Federal Judge Royce Lambert, how wonderful Kavanaugh was on the courts. He sucks. And I don't want to hear from the Federalist Society ever again how wonderful Barrett was when we took up her cause here. She sucks. I'll be right back. Mark in. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile. If you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save your family over $900 a year. Right now, get unlimited talk, unlimited text, and ultra-fast 5G data for just $20 a month. $20 a month. What about the coverage, you ask? It's phenomenal. I'm on it. Pure Talk uses the most dependable 5G network in the nation. Just go to puretalk.com and use promo code Levin Podcast to get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data. Just 20 bucks a month. Pure Talk's amazing U.S. customer service team will make switching very easy. So choose a veteran-owned company that cares about keeping jobs in America and saving you money. Go to puretalk.com. 
Use promo code Levin Podcast for unlimited talk and text with plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. Again, when you go to puretalk.com and use promo code Levin Podcast, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. Kavanaugh wrote the decision the other day that nobody expected because it was so stupid. Um, taking power away from the states to create their congressional districts. Louisiana and one of the other states, I believe it was Alabama, but I could be dead wrong. Uh, he shot them down. Again, voting with the left. And then he participates in this. So it's clear what he's trying to do in his own mind for his own legacies. He wants to be a great Republican civil rights court justice. That's what he wants to be. And that's why the left does what it does to our nominees. Brutalizes them. And when they're weak, they collapse. When they're strong like Clarence Thomas, they don't. It's a short segment. When we come back, I want to circle back on something and provide additional information to you, ladies and gentlemen. From the Washington Examiner, Brecken F. Thies, investigative reporter, the group targeting conservative Supreme Court justices, and by the way, they're only targeting the three. Only the three. Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch. And it's a phony news operation out of, it used to be at least, San Francisco. It's a phony news operation called ProPubica, a.k.a. Pure ProPublica. And it's funded with an enormous amount of dark money. The left used to hate dark money. They still pretend to, but they use more of it than anybody. Because their billionaires spend like, spend lavishly like Marxists for control and power. Our billionaires, not so much. Not so much. They're very nervous. They're very nervous. Uh, uh, what are they going to do to me? They're very nervous. Not all of them, but two. How about chipping in and helping the rest of the country, for God's sakes? Where's our George Soros? Anyway, I'll be right back. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile. If you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure talk can easily save your family over $900 a year. Right now, get unlimited talk, unlimited text, and ultra-fast 5G data for just $20 a month. $20 a month. What about the coverage, you ask? It's phenomenal. I'm on it. Pure Talk uses the most dependable 5G network in the nation. Just go to puretalk.com and use promo code Levin Podcast to get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data. Just 20 bucks a month. Pure Talk's amazing U.S. customer service team will make switching very easy. So choose a veteran-owned company that cares about keeping jobs in America and saving you money. Go to puretalk.com. Use promo code Levin Podcast for unlimited talk and text with plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. Again, when you go to puretalk.com and use promo code Levin Podcast, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. Mark Levin, the champion of liberty and true conservatism. Call Mark now, 877-381-3811. All right, what I want to do here is um, demonstrate to you how this works in the media. So today, Chief Justice John Roberts 
Associate Justice Kavanaugh, Associate Justice Barrett, are being praised as saviors of democracy, rejecting the crackpot idea of the independent legislative theory. Apparently they can't read plain English. And by the way, as a footnote, I just want to try this with Chief Justice Roberts. Let me put this in a way that even he should understand. So, John, that's what I used to call you before you uh, became a justice. John, new North Carolina Supreme Court's elected in. See what I'm saying? And they, they get in there and they reverse the old North Carolina Supreme Court ruling that was challenged by the petitioners. So the petitioners aren't petitioners anymore. They won at the Supreme Court level in the state. No longer any issues. We call that moot, John. Maybe you missed that in law school and thereafter. So the case is moot. But John and Kavanaugh and Barrett, they decide they want to rule anyway. And of course, the three radical justices, they're laughing all the way to the cafeteria in the Supreme Court because they think, boy, what three schmucks we got here. And so they rule for the position that was argued by the party that lost the case in the state of North Carolina and we're not the petitioners here. So as if standing in for the state having lost in the state Supreme Court, the Supreme Court revives the defense in a case that's moot. Wow. Now, what they've unleashed here, of course, will be endless lawsuits in state and federal court by the left. So the state legislatures will not have the final say, do not have the final say, even though, according to the federal Constitution, they're the only state entity that has any say. See how this works? So the Supreme Court, with the opinion written by John, Johnny, here's Johnny, and support with Barrett and Kavanaugh, have completely altered the election process in the Constitution. And they've not only empowered state judges, get this, they've empowered federal judges. But they don't say how exactly or when exactly or why exactly to also intervene as they see necessary in state legislative decisions. So the state legislature really has no say. The state courts look over their shoulders. Federal courts look over their shoulders. This was a moot case, and they took it, and they destroyed the whole election process. Extreme activism. Extreme activism. Just as bad as any activism of the far left. And, of course, the three radicals in the court think it's perfectly fine. And they are being celebrated, Mr. Producer, are they not? Celebrated today with all the usual a-holes on TV. But what happens to the three conservatives on the court? The originalists, the constitutionalists. Brecken Thighs, investigative reporter, Washington Examiner. 
ProPublica, the nonprofit news website attacking Supreme Court Justices Clarence Thomas and Sam Alito. They also went after Kavanaugh. It's funded by left-wing mega-donors who pump money into the court-packing advocacy groups. Picking up speed since the overturn of Roe v. Wade last year, the website has repeatedly alleged ethics violations against Thomas and Alito. For Alito, the website published details on a 2008 fishing trip. Oh, wow. That he took with conservative head fund manager Paul Singer. ProPublica pointed out the trip was not included in Alito's annual financial disclosure and that he didn't recuse himself from a case involving Singer's organization. Now, before I continue, did he set up 20 shell corporations? No. Did he get over $30 million from the communist Chinese and others and wander it through shell corporations and others? No. Did he illegally buy a gun? No. Did he fail to pay his taxes? No. Are there audio of him in some kind of a bribery scheme? No. Did he sleep with hookers? No. Was he a drug addict? No. Well, then we got to get him for something, don't we? He was on a fishing trip. Oh. Alito preempted the report earlier this week with an op-ed for the Wall Street Journal where he defended himself and accused ProPublica of leveling false charges. You'll recall I read that to you. And ProPublica exclusively cites leftist ethics experts, so-called, who confirm their priors about constitutionalist justices to satisfy their dark money Democrat donors. The website was founded in 2007 by Sandler Foundation. It's a radical left group, which has given nearly $40 million to ProPublica since 2010. That foundation, excuse me, cholera, formed by Herbert and Marion Sandler. So some funding money into left-wing groups that actively call for investigations into Thomas and advocate for court packing. The Sandlers have been blamed in part for the 2008 housing market crash, even making it onto Time Magazine's list of 25 people to blame for the financial crisis. So how do you fix all that? You become a, uh, a sugar daddy for the Democrat Party. That's how you do it. All will be forgotten. The same foundation that made ProPublica possible with an astounding $40 million also gave half a million to demand justice, a dark money court packing group that spearheaded smear campaigns against Justices Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett. Well then, Barrett hasn't learned her lesson. Demand Justice got half a million dollars in a 2019 Sandler earmark grant to a group called New Venture Fund, which is part of a web of left-wing, dark-money nonprofit groups managed by consulting firm Arabella Advisors. This is the commie network, in my view, of Stalinist and Leninist and Maoist-like operations on behalf of the Democrat Party. The network spent nearly $1.2 billion in 2020 alone. All this dark money. What happened to our country? We lost it. These billionaires. Our billionaires are passive. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. That Trump is awfully controversial. I, I don't know. Demand Justice has been pushing heavily for investigations into conservative justices. 
It's Deputy Chief Counsel Katie O'Connor called for Thomas's resignation in April. And it goes on. And you'll notice how they coordinate with the Democrat Party. Pelosi there, her teeth almost falling out of her mouth. By the way, is Pelosi's face melting now, Mr. Producer? You know, I've explained before that they've pulled her skin so tight behind her head on multiple occasions that I think the stitching is coming loose. But I actually think with the summer coming and climate change and it's so hot now, breaking record temperatures. I don't know. I'm just saying that. Anyway, her face is melting. I think Nancy Pelosi's face is melting, much like John Kerry's face is melting. They got to pack it with, you know, ice every night to make sure it hangs in there. It's filled with the applesauce and mashed potatoes. Uh, where was I? Doesn't matter. You get the point. So they coordinate with little Dick Durbin. They coordinate with the other Democrats on Capitol Hill. Pelosi. We demand. We demand. Shut the hell up. You demand. Got the most corrupt president in American history. Bought and paid for not just by the communist Chinese, but every government I can think of. Money. Laundered through shell corporations. You got your mob lawyer running the attorney general job over there at the Department of Justice. Protecting his boss like he's supposed to. The mob boss, the Manchurian president. Protecting his son. Not appointing a special counsel. These guys are as crooked as hell. Then they unleash this moron from the hag with his tough beard. Oh, he's a tough guy. Threatening people's lives, calling them in front of grand juries, having a grand old time in a Democrat city. Justice be damned. Ready to throw people in prison? Left and right. Oh, we have fake electors. Oh, they're fakes. Ignoramuses. Oh, we have these theories in the Constitution, like the state legislature should be calling the shots. Says it right there in the federal... Oh, it's a theory. No, abortion is a theory in the Constitution. And half of the other crap you people think up on the left. Those are theories. And meanwhile, they hate the Constitution. The Constitution has been saved. I thought you hated it. Wait a minute. I do hate it. You know, the, the racists who wrote it, the, the slavers, the colonists... Who wrote it? It was written for white supremacy. But we love it when those those justices come through for us to empower the Democrat Party. We love it. I don't know what I despise more. The Democrat Marxists or cowardly, pathetic Republicans who assist them. Because they want a moment in glory. Makes me sick to my stomach the way we fight for justice is fight like hell. And how they turn on us in a moment's notice. And they turn on our progeny. And they turn on the Constitution of our country. That's what happened today with a 6-3. Think about Roberts. Voted for Obamacare, even though it's unconstitutional. Voted for reading this language out of the Constitution of the United States. Voted against the Dobbs decision, and he's the chief justice as putz. It's a putz. Johnny, you're a putz. Maybe you always were, and I just didn't know. But you definitely are now. Am I allowed to call him a putz? I don't know. Will I be rounded up? 
Round them up. Round them up. You know what's interesting? All these so-called conservatives who got behind Kavanaugh. Obviously, I defended him against the onslaught, but I warned you he'd be this. Where are they now? Are they apologizing? Remember me? Mark. Dumb Mark saying, no, there's no alternative. Let's get Kevin McCarthy in there. Let's get going. We have a war to fight with the left and the Democrats. He's been better than any speaker in my memory, maybe up there with, uh, with Newt. But he's been pounding away, pounding away, pounding away, and most of you now agree with me. Every deal's not going to be a deal we like. It's just not. But how about most of them are things that we like? Meanwhile, where are all the Federalist Society types, all the conservatives, all the columnists telling us about Kavanaugh, how great he was? I warned you. Another bushy. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile. If you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save your family over $900 a year. Right now, get unlimited talk, unlimited text, and ultra-fast 5G data for just $20 a month. $20 a month. What about the coverage, you ask? It's phenomenal. I'm on it. Pure Talk uses the most dependable 5G network in the nation. Just go to puretalk.com and use promo code LEVINPODCAST to get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data. Just 20 bucks a month. Pure Talk's amazing U.S. customer service team will make switching very easy. So choose a veteran-owned company that cares about keeping jobs in America and saving you money. Go to puretalk.com. Use promo code Levin Podcast for unlimited talk and text with plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. Again, when you go to puretalk.com and use promo code Levin Podcast, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. I'm very anxious. September 19th seems like forever away. That's when the Democrat Party hates America is coming out. I'll be doing a full hour with Sean. I'll be doing my own show. I'll be doing some others. Um, we've got a lot of very cool things planned. And I think they're very exciting. We'll do a couple of book signings, not a lot. We're going to test out one place and see how it goes. By the way, you can guess which one. But um, we're going to be all in on this. And it won't matter if you're not, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, I know what I wrote. I know what's in it, but I am hoping that you'll be able to have an opportunity to see what's in it, and uh, you can get your copy right now at Amazon.com, pre-order your copy, get in the queue, and get it as fast as possible. Same with Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. We'd love to send a message out there. Now, interestingly, so far they're ignoring us. But I guarantee you there's a gathering storm. I guarantee it. The Democrat Party will do anything to lie, cheat, deceive, dismiss, degrade, character assassinate. And what they do best is they accuse other people of doing what they do. And they try and scare the hell out of you at the same time. That's what they do. Most Americans are feeling the effects of inflation. Are you, Mr. Producer? He is. 
Mr. Producer is constantly getting his nails done. It's very expensive these days. I'm talking about his toenails. What do you call that? I forget what you call that. Pedicure, that's it. Pedicure. These kids today, I don't know. Woo, baby. Don't leave now. We're just cooking. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. What do Joe Biden... Barack Mailhouse, Benito Obama, George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, Jimmy Carter, five of the living presidents, what do they have in common? Their ancestors all owned slaves. And which living president's ancestors never owned slaves? Trump. So, Obama's ancestors owned slaves. Biden's ancestors owned slaves. George W. Bush's ancestors owned slaves. Bill Clinton's ancestors owned slaves. Jimmy Carter's ancestors owned slaves. And Donald Trump is the only living president whose ancestors never owned slaves. Liz Cheney's ancestors owned slaves. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? Nancy Mace's ancestors owned slaves. Did you know that? Mitch McConnell's ancestors owned slaves. There's others. Some people we like, but I'm dealing with the ones I can't stand. Oh, yes. Whole hodgepodge. But uh, a lot of Democrats. Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine? Republicans, too. But mostly Democrats. Five living presidents. Now think about that. There are six living presidents. Including Joe Biden, Mr. President. Mr. Producer. Six living presidents, including Joe Biden. Five of their ancestors owned slaves. One of them didn't. Only, only Trump's ancestors did not own slaves. Is that not amazing? So I thought I'd point that out. We have, uh, let's see here. I notice a lot of the rhinos, their ancestors owned slaves. Looks like Andy Biggs' ancestors owned slaves. Nothing against him, except the usual. There's uh, too many to name. But this was put out, put out by, uh, excuse me, by uh, Reuters. Let me see something here. Uh, two Supreme Court justices, ancestors owned slaves, Barrett and Gorsuch. And of course, we don't hold that against them. They didn't have anything to do with it. <coughs> we have some governors, 11 governors, ancestors owned slaves. Of course, Lindsey Graham's ancestors, they owned slaves. Um, and the list goes on. A lot of these freaks. 
But Liz Cheney, I mean, what's going on with the Cheneys there? It's kind of strange, if you ask me. Again, they're not alone in this. But just to reiterate for the third time, because if I don't, nobody will. Six living presidents. Five had ancestors who owned slaves, including Barack Obama. Joe Biden. George W. Bush. Bill Clinton. Jimmy Carter. The only one whose ancestors did not own slaves. Donald Trump. And isn't it amazing how the other five hate Trump's guts? Accuse him of being a racist and other things. When it's their families that were racists. And slaveholders. Yes, yes, I've got a lot of clips here from The View, but I'm not going to play them because I can't stand those women. I assume they're women. Can we say women? Can they define what a woman is? And why are only women or womanoids or whatever they want to call them on The View? What kind of discrimination is that? It's why the show is so stupid. You need a balance. You need a balance. You can't have five, six women on there, all of whom are left-wing kooks. One of them is a never-Trumper. And have anything but a crap show. And that's what it is. A crap show. I should start my own show, The View. And only have men on there. I mean, real men, you know. Not people who identify as a man, but a men. I must have a producer. And so Eugene Robinson, having heard from his friend Barack Obama attacking Fox And me, on conservative talk radio, of course not by name, they don't want me to brutalize them, but nonetheless. Eugene Robinson. At the Washington Compost on the morning schmo. That tells you everything you need to know, the morning schmo. Here we go. Cut 10, go. This is one of the biggest and most serious problems facing this country. By the way, this guy used to be on the uh, Pulitzer Prize Committee or was chairman, maybe still is. Uh, I think this guy gets a Pulitzer. Has, when's the last time a conservative got a Pulitzer Prize? When's the last time? The only one that I can remember worked for uh, the New York Times some years ago, a columnist. Uh, George Gigot, Paul Gigot, over there at the Wall Street Journal. I think Gigot got one or so. But that's about it. I can't think of anyone else. And yet conservative columnists are the smartest most thoughtful the best writers I mean there's more than Paul Gigot out there go ahead this is one of the biggest and most serious problems Mm -hmm. facing Mm -hmm. this country Mm -hmm. today and facing our democracy uh, in my opinion is is Mm -hmm. the information gap is the fact that in in the right wing media okay let's stop can this guy talk did he say media o ecosystem? What did he say, Mr. Medus? Absolute incoherence. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He's a hack. Go ahead. Uh, Hunter Biden is the only story worth telling, oh, and uh, oh my President God. Trump's impeachments. Um, well, you oh know, no, no, they've never talked about President Trump's impeachments. My God, is this guy a fool? He's a menace. Miscreant and a malcontent. Is he an idiot? Or just a plain imbecile? 
Go ahead. Uh, maybe they happened. Uh, now it, it's going to be that then that in fact they did never happen. It's it's like what never happened, moron. What are you talking about? Go ahead. First timeline. Uh, and how can we... Right, thanks a- for nothing. You just blew 90 seconds of our lives with your stupidity. Ruined it. Now, we'll never get those 90 seconds back. Jen Psaki's on the Morning Schmo Show. Now, Jen Psaki is a perfect example of what I wrote about in Unfreedom of the Press. Here she is, a Democrat Party hack. Low IQ. Stupidity on display. You look up stupidity in an old Webster dictionary, and there she be. But there she is on the morning schmo on MSLSD. Jen Psaki on the morning schmo. If that's not a freak show, I don't know what is. Go. You know, what we saw with Hunter appearing at the state dinner was, in my suspicion, was the president, his son wanted to come, so his son's going to come to the dinner. Was that optically easier for the White House and the White House communications team? Absolutely not. But I suspect that was more in the family circumstance. The family genre, the son probably asked the father. Who else was at that dinner, Mr. Producer? Merrick Garland. The mobster's mob lawyer. Even a room with several hundred people, Merrick Garland and his wife, and Hunter Biden with his prostitutes, or I don't know what he's got going there. Maybe his wife, I don't know. If it's Tuesday, I don't know. Uh, But anyway, in the same room. Now, can you imagine what would be said again if the shoe were on the other foot? It's so obviously sickening. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mr. Producer is a huge Steelers fan, aren't you, Rich? Will you remind me after this fantastic interview with our great guest, talk about the Steelers for a moment? And our great guest is the gentleman who's running against Mitt Romney in the Republican primary, or the convention process, I guess, in Utah, by the name of Trent Staggs. He's the mayor of Riverton, Utah. Mr. Staggs, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, it's a great honor because uh, we're counting on you there, brother. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, thank you. Well, I'm a lifelong Utah, and I've, I've lived in this state from elementary school to graduate school, I like to say, and raised my family here. I've operated several businesses. I have uh, taken most recently a company public and listed on NASDAQ last year. It was in the energy space. And uh, I've been in elected office for 10 years. I've served my community of Riverton, four on the council, six as mayor. And I just love this state. I love my family. And um, as you say, you know, Mark, that God gives us all a path and we need to choose to follow it. And it felt called to do this and, and try to really make a difference. I, uh, I've been so overwhelmed the last four weeks since announced just how many people have reached out and the uh, thousands of people that have come to our website at trendstags.com and uh, asked to volunteer and, and how they can help put a true conservative in this seat because we need it. 
You know, if we can't get a constitutional conservative out of Utah, we're in bad shape. And Mitt Romney seems to me like he still has his head in Massachusetts. Massachusetts is a great state. It's a beautiful state. There are a lot of patriots there. But it's not Utah for purposes of politics. And uh, tell me where you differ from Romney. Well, I think very markedly. And that's uh, it's funny you say that. I, I had somebody at a town hall just the other night that said Massachusetts does not need a third senator. Uh, we, we need somebody that's truly going to represent Utah, represent its values, its residents. Um, you know, Mitt Romney moved to Utah, as you said, and uh, just a few years back, and he committed to fight for us. To He said, if you elect me as your senator, I will fight for Utah every day. I'll put us on a pathway to a balanced budget. I will end illegal immigration I'll stop federal spending and overreach, and I will appoint conservative justices to the court. Hasn't done that. He, is, in fact, has done just the opposite. He's fought for things that Utahns don't want. Um, he's voted with Biden 60% of the time or more. Biden encouraged his candidacy back in 2018, and I think that's become abundantly clear why. Um, I, I, would be at, I would be a constitutional conservative. I would try to emulate our other great senator, Mike Lee, um, and, and others like him in the Senate. I want smaller government. I want safer families. I want a stronger economy. And I spell that out on my website with policy briefs tied, you know, of several issues tied to each one of those overarching themes. And I think I've demonstrated that. I know how I'm on as a mayor. I say I'm on the front lines of government overreach, whether it be federal, state or county. I have fought back consistently. I've actually cut taxes in my community. I've cut spending. Uh, We've innovated to lower the cost of government and improve service levels at the same time. It can be done, but it requires somebody with this type of business, you know, entrepreneurial approach. And uh, we will push back on the regulatory state. Um, we, we absolutely have to, uh, the RAINS Act, I'm a big supporter of, we cannot have these hundreds of federal agencies out there promulgating all of these rules. And the um, RAINS Act allows Congress, Congress to oversee these regulations, correct? That's correct. That to, to no longer abdicate its responsibility to this, uh, unseemly fourth branch of government that isn't supposed to exist. And so we know it. it's a trillion, multi-trillion dollar drag on our economy, all these rules and regulations. It costs the average employer about $20,000 per employee. I'm out here in Utah talking to business owners. I've been a business owner myself. They say, Trent, we are too small to succeed. There's too big to fail, but we are too small to succeed. You've got to get the government off of our backs. And that's exactly what I intend to do. Uh, really going after a smaller government. That's, that's what we need. That's what our founders envisioned. And we need to return back to those founding principles. Don't you find it amazing when Mike Lee was running for re-election, when he was running against a f- phony, fraudulent, independent, and Democrat, that Romney refused to endorse him? Doesn't that tell you all you need to know? Uh, it, 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 I think it speaks volumes, yes. That he was unwilling... Um, I think it also speaks volumes when Romney takes the actions that he's taken. He clearly hasn't lived up to his promises. He did not at all fight for us on a balanced budget. In fact, just early in May, the first week in May, Senator Lee produced a letter to Biden 
and said, we are not going to raise the debt ceiling unless we get substantial spending cuts and budget reform. 42 other Republicans put their name on that letter to include Mitch McConnell, but Mitt Romney's name was conspicuously absent. He would not even put his name on that letter for someone who can. So the senator from one of the most conservative states in America refused to sign a letter that just said to Biden, look, you either do some cutting here or we're not voting for that. He wouldn't even do that. That's correct. That is that that is how out of touch he is or allowing, you know, personal beefs or whatever to get in the way of good governance or actually governing with conservative principles. The things he said he would do. He has not done. And Utahns know it. They're wise to it. I'm traveling the state. Uh, His polling numbers have dropped 11 points since we've entered the race. And we have scores of endorsements from mayors and county commissioners. The Paternal Order of Police came out early and endorsed our campaign. Uh, I'm hearing from people all across the state. Thank you. Thank you for standing up and being willing to serve. uh, get, Get this person out of the Senate so that we can actually have a true conservative, another conservative representing Utah and the rest of this country. And it's not just in Utah. I, we have, we have been, I've been humbled at how many donations we've received from people outside of this state. I think at last count, Mark, we've had over 40 uh, uh, donations come in representing individuals living across 42 or 43 states. It's been remarkable. Again, very, very humbling that, we have true patriots, conservatives all across this country that want to see uh, that want to see Mitt Romney out of office. Romney's been a chameleon. He's been everything to everybody. I think he really hates Trump because Trump didn't choose him to be his secretary of state. And he's never gotten over mm-hmm. that. Uh, he uh, neutralizes Mike Lee's votes all the time. He throws in with Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski. And the Democrats more than he does the conservatives. You can see as a visceral hate for conservatives like Ted Cruz and others. He doesn't even want to be seen with them. And when we come back, Mayor, I want to explore further his views on issues versus your views on issues. Because it's the distinction between the two that will win you that nomination and make you the next senator out of Utah. And God knows we need it. We cannot have states like Utah sending Democrats dressed up in a country club Republican clothing. Uh, acting like they're actually interested in our concerns. We'll we'll be right back. I'm talking to Trent Staggs, S-T-A-G-G-S. If you'd like to help him, and I really encourage you to do it, it's TrentStaggs.com, TrentStaggs.com. We've listed it on all of our social platforms. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Mark the pen. The thunder on the right. Call in now. 877-381-3811. My brothers and sisters in Utah, here's an opportunity. This man is stepping up to the plate. Let's put everything aside. He's a successful businessman, a successful local mayor. Exactly the kind of guy you want in the United States Senate to work with Mike Lee. Be nice to have Mike Lee as partnered with somebody who's actually going to support his efforts and the efforts of, uh, of constitutionalists all over this country. Mitt Romney has deceived the people of Utah. He deceived to get elected. And I suspect he will use tens of millions of dollars, Trent Staggs, um, to try and use propaganda and other means, funded mostly out of Washington, big, massive donors, political action committees to drown you. Now, has he said he's running for re-election? He, they, their camp has been a little coy. He has filed his paperwork with the FEC, but they have not. They say they have not formally announced. Um, but we have to assume that he is running. And uh, the the rumor and the the, the the talk amongst people here in the state is that there's a, a good likelihood that he will. And so we want to be able to step up again, differentiate ourselves, show people that there is an alternative. And uh, we've mm-hmm. we've done just that. I suspect he wants to freeze uh, the state of play here to make it harder for people to yeah. raise money to defeat him. <clears throat> Part of the tactics. You're I absolutely guess. right. So how does it look there? I mean, I don't know about polling and everything else. Does he have huge negatives in Utah, or what's the deal? He does, and nationally as well. Um, he does have the establishment, though, you are spot on, that the, the establishment money is going to be there, uh, you know, if he chooses to, to run again, and uh, he will use everything he can to try uh, to change that. But the, I, I think his name ID is so high, and people have their opinions largely baked with respect to Mitt Romney, that he can spend millions, and I don't know, Mark, if it's really going to change. I would hope not the needle much. Uh, his polling data is down about 11 points since we announced. He's only in the 40s amongst all Utah registered voters, which includes Democrats, and we know he has a 75% plus approval rating with Democrats. Um, and I think he's only about 30% or so amongst Republicans, particularly Republican primary voters here in the state. And uh, as we get out there and they recognize that they do have a true conservative, somebody who's demonstrated that in my 10 years in elected office here, they can go back and take a look at uh, fighting big government every step of the way, that that is the person they want to have represent them in the United States Senate. What's going to happen is uh, Mitch McConnell raises literally hundreds of millions of dollars from special interests, dark money, billionaires in and around Washington who get favors from him on legislation, on amendments, uh, on budget bills, and all the rest. Uh, And he's used that over the decades to empower himself and to be 15 years as the leader there. And he will spend money to try and destroy you, not to build up Romney, 
Romney is a is a soldier from McConnell. He'll vote for McConnell from majority leader every time or minority leader, Republican leader. This is what he does. And he will do everything he can. So when you say I'm the real conservative, that scares Mitch McConnell. So all over the country, McConnell has raised money to destroy Republicans. And when we, when he fails or we don't win the seat, he blames conservatives. This is his shtick. So I'm just warning you, you're not only going to have to take on the Democrats and the organized left. You're not only going to have to take on the Romney campaign. You're going to have to take on Washington and McConnell, who will slash you, stab you, try to decapitate you from the back. It is vicious and vile what he does to other candidates. I'm just giving you a heads up. And isn't that sad? Isn't that sad that that's the state of play in our country today? And that that is the reason why so you know, too few people, good people, true conservatives are willing to step up. I've, I've had people here tell me that, too. Um, they, they say they're praying for me. Uh, my, my wife is just fantastic. She's been so incredibly supportive. But, Mark, this is a big reason why I'm, I'm doing this. You know, people say, you, you've got to be nuts. 170 grand a year, whatever. You've got to maintain two residences. Trent, we know your background. Why on earth would you do that? Your life becomes a fishbowl. You become a target. Um, look, I've, I've got a 13-year-old son and 11-year-old daughter. I care about them deeply. I am so concerned about the country that they are going to inherit. Uh, you've nailed it in your segments about how the Democrat Party hates America. And I have just seen such fundamental transformation in the last few years with this administration it really rocks me to my core and why I, we, you know, everything else, th- things are going to be thrown my way for sure, but we've got to, we've got to move on. We've got to try. I'm in a position. Uh, I've been given, you know, our family's been blessed. We're in a position to actually do this and to make a run uh, full time for the next, you know, the, the next year plus um, to, to get this done. And that's what we're going to do. Well, let me say this. I would like to endorse you. I think you're a very important candidate, and I think you are very solid. I've looked at your background. I've spoken to a few people. We also know that Romney is a disaster. He's a saboteur. Um, And if we're ever going to take this country back through multiple channels, including the electoral channel, we've got to nominate people like you out of a state like Utah. And I would just ask all my friends and brothers and sisters, fellow patriots in in Utah, you really got to you got to step up on this one. And all over the country, you're able to contribute to this campaign. It's Trent Staggs. That's double G, S-T-A-G-G-S dot com. When you're online, any of my social sites, we will post to this. We will link to it. And what he's going to need, frankly, is money because Romney's going to raise a ton of it. McConnell's going to do everything he can to protect Romney because he's a liberal. And that's what Ron, that's what McConnell does. And we got to help, as Biden would say, from the bottom up, middle out. I don't know what he means, but we need to do it. So, uh, Trent Staggs, I want to thank you for coming on, and we're going to want to have you back. So, is it a convention first? Isn't that the way Utah works? It, it is, but first, Mark, that's incredible. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that endorsement. My pleasure. The, the, the petition to have your listeners come there to that site. Uh, yes, the, the we have a caucus convention system. It's in March as the, uh, the neighborhood caucus. I think it'll be late April when we have our state convention. We are going that route. I'm committed to it. Unfortunately, we, we had some change in 2014 in Utah where people can just gather signatures and put their name on, on the ballot, on a primary ballot, and force it that way. 
I think it's very unfortunate. Um, it's, it's really, really changed the dynamic here in the state. You know, when, when Mike Lee was elected back in 2010, he, he went through that caucus convention system and was able to uh, upset uh, a three-term incumbent. And, That's and now because they change, don't want the base of the party making the decision. And they want to bring all these outsiders in and they want to have petitions and do all the rest of that stuff. And Mike Lee was able to win because he reached out to the core of the Republican Party and the Republican Party said enough is enough when it came to Bennett. I remember I was involved helping him to some extent, to the extent you can with a convention system. I am all for it, but you're right. They're chipping away at that system because they want to chip away at guys like you, right? They do. And, uh, you know, a guy like Romney, he'll just buy his way on the ballot. Uh, he'll go out and collect the 30,000 signatures or so that are required in a statewide race here of of 3.2 million people. And uh, he hasn't even shown up. He hasn't even bothered to show up to our state GOP conventions the last few. I'm I'm a state delegate myself, and it's just it's just unfortunate that uh, we won't even attend that. Uh, <laughs> that it's conference. amazing when you're despised by your own party and in return, you despise them. And when you have a so-called Republican leader in the Senate like Mitch McConnell, who reaches in the states he doesn't even go to, he has nothing to do with, whether it's Alaska or any other state in this country. And then when, 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 when the Republicans lose after he smears the hell out of the conservative candidate, and then he says, well, that's Trump's fault. And he did before. It was the Tea Party's fault in 2010. It's always somebody else's fault when it comes to that guy. It is bad. And a guy like you... A family man, a man of faith, a successful businessman, a small town mayor. That is what Mr. Smith goes to Washington is all about. Or in this case, hopefully, Mr. Staggs goes to Washington. I want to thank you, my friend, and we will definitely have you back before the convention or the or the primary. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate that. All right. You got it. Trent Staggs sounds like just a decent guy, doesn't he? The kind of guy that. Mitch McConnell will try to destroy with all his surrogates, his dark money, his billionaire buddies, his businesses, chamber of no commerce, all the rest of it. I'm sick and tired of it. Now, quickly. Joy Reid on MSLSD yesterday. As I keep pointing out, you think it's just Trump they hate? You fill in the blank. If it wasn't Trump, it's DeSantis. If it's not DeSantis, it's Tim Scott. If it's not Tim, somebody else. They are on a hate on for anybody who's Republican. And I want you to listen to this Joy Reid. Because she's the least intelligent, least articulate, and most racist of the bunch. And that's saying a lot, except for some of her guests, in my opinion, like this Mistel guy and some of the others. Just my opinion. Joy Reid, Cut 13, MSLSD, Go. Because, you know, Chris Christie got booed for telling the truth about Trump. So and he's at five percent. He's, you know, he's somewhere. He's not nowhere. He's ahead of Nikki Haley and some of the others. But what does it say about the Republican Party that the next guy down is Ron DeSantis, who, who is running the most openly fascist campaign I think I've ever seen? And I'm saying that having covered Donald Trump running for president, that's the next. See what guy I, mean? See what I mean, Trump is bad, but DeSantis is even worse. He's running an openly fascist campaign. Now, she should be pulled. Any self-respecting professional news operation would yank her chain. Give her the hook. But they gave her a primetime slot. Why? 
because she hates you. Because these corporatists hate America, too. Because these corporate boards are full of Democrats. They've decided to make, to make peace and to make business with the Marxists. Why? Because they don't believe the Republican Party or we are strong enough to resist what's taking place in this country. They've sold out. Corporations that used to rely on us, they've sold us out and they've sold out the country. In the past, we had patriotic corporations. Today, did we fly the flag properly for Pride? Pride Week? So, if you're proud of your country, it should be Pride Year, but no, that's not what that means anymore. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let's go to Tony in New York. Go right ahead, sir. How are Hello. Hello, Mr. Hello. Levin. This is Miss Tony. I just want to congratulate you. Um, on what? On, I'm not I pregnant. Want to congratulate you on your yes. on your book, The, Democ- oh, thank the you. Democratic Party Hates America. I Democrat, do want to tell yes. you I believe you're right on target. I believe you're on target you. because of people like Stacey Plaskett, Cory Bush, Alexandria mm-hmm. Ocasio-Cortez, Nadler, the list goes on, Rashid Talib, Jamie Raskin, but... It's incredible, it, isn't it? Sort of where you... In my journey, it's incredible. And in my journey, I focused on the Civil War and I went back to how the Democratic Party, from the beginning, just tore up the country. And that's the sign mm-hmm. of hate. They tore up these they they seceded from the union when they heard lincoln and this is this is interesting when they heard president lincoln was elected they they seceded and tore up tore apart literally tore apart the country Mm -hmm. but when he Mm -hmm. when he got in it got worse and when the war was over he was he was a dead man so this hate Mm -hmm. to me is seen through history it's seen through slavery because they didn't want to let it go, Mark Levin. They wouldn't let it go. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. these haters are still in among us. And I believe that it's important for everyone to vote and to let their congressmen know. Congressmen that mm-hmm. will listen and won't listen. And their Speaker of the House, how they feel. You could call them. You could write them. They're very accessible. But America needs to let people know that they're feeling hated. And this has got to change. Congratulations, Mark Levin. Aren't you sweet? Thank you very, very much. And I, I'm telling you, folks, you are going to love this book. I don't believe I've ever said that about another one of my books, but, I, but I've always felt that way, that you would, because this book in particular, when I sat down and wrote it and spent all those hours and days and weeks and months on it, I had you in mind. How should I write this? How should I approach this? How can I make this compelling? How can I make it intriguing, entertaining, but still have the philosophy and the scholarship and all the history in it? And I think this book does all of that. And I want to encourage you to go to Amazon.com. Some of you are saying, you know, I'm sick of hearing this. Please bear with me, because if I don't do it here, I have nowhere else to do it. So I would encourage you to go to Amazon.com, get your copy of The Democrat Party Hates America, or go to Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, or any other place that has a link. And I want to salute all of you, thank all of you who've jumped in, encourage all of you to do it. 
And I will see you tomorrow. God bless each and every one of you. Have a beautiful night.